I started working at Murray's Cheese, which is a venerable, long-standing yes. cheese institution in New York City. And I started there as an intern in their cheese caves. I learned about affinage, which is the art of caring and aging for cheese. It's sort of like cheese daycare, where you take care of these cheeses <laughs> and you have to like pat cheese them. And, <laughs> yeah, you have to brush them and pat them and flip them and you know, temperature and humidity, everything is controlled. And then when they're ready to be sort of released into the world and sold at the counter, the offenor would decide when that when that happens. It's a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it One park two was half an ounce of an idiot Ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city, yeah At first it hurt my feelings but it's kinda got a ring to it When you move to the country they can tell when you're new to it I'm looking at a place but I'm trying to keep fitting in It takes too long to be a local so for now I'm a city, yeah I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Episode 87. So longtime listeners may remember back in season one, episode 15 called Town for Sale, in which an entire block or so of our village was put on the market by its owners. In the cold open, I read the listing itself. This was a big deal, especially since it included a huge parcel of some of the downtown's most valuable real estate at the one traffic light, the intersection of Route 199 and Route 9. This included the northeast corner of the intersection, where J&J Gourmet, a sandwich shop and cafe was, and that I frequented about once a week. I love J&J. They had gluten-free bread, delicious salads, and once in an emergency, they loaned me their coffee urns for a party at our house. When J&J shuttered towards the end of the pandemic, you could feel the whole town just cry. In small towns like ours and probably yours, every single business is important. We've waited with bated breath and a lot of gossip about what would come into that spot. And please, please, please be something with food and retail, especially on such an important corner, right across the street from Annabelle's Bake Shop, the Noodle Shop, the Candy Store, next to the bookstore and the hardware store. Well, the Daily Catch had the news as fast as our friends gossip. The corner store had been rented to, we couldn't believe it, a cheese shop. And like a celebrity mention, the backstory was as important by a woman who had worked at Murray's Cheese Shop. Murray's, the famous New York cheese shop. We couldn't believe our luck. Any news is fun, but who doesn't love cheese? Now, in the Hudson Valley, we're not exactly in a cheese desert by any means. 20 minutes north in Hudson is Talbot and Arding, a place Brian and I love and recently went to a cheese and wine event there. Over in Woodstock is Cheese Louise, a perennial favorite in the Chronogrammys, and where our friends Victor and Stephanie routinely buy cheese by the wheel. This would be, though, right down the road. The name of the shop is The Corner Counter. And as soon as the Instagram feed went up, I messaged the owner a welcome message. I am nothing else if not a self-appointed Hudson Valley welcome wagon. Lauren, the owner, wrote back saying yes to coming on Cityet and inviting me in to see the shop before it opened. I had a lot of questions for you and for me. 
Why did she choose here? What's her story? How do you buy cheese anyway? Will she have gluten-free bread and crackers? Yes. Will she be open Mondays? Yes. I also asked about cheese and nutrition. How do I store cheese? And that eternal question I know you've wanted to ask, but you need a hard-hitting local journalist like this to ask for you. The rind, can we eat it? The answers and much more are all here. It's kind of a primer for City It's About Cheese. And at the end, you'll hear about a special discount for listeners like you. Okay, let's go downtown and visit the corner counter. Cheese, please. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Matt. How are you? Great. Thanks for coming on City It. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, great. And I love cheese. So we'll talk about cheese. But I really think my first question for you is like, what is your relationship with the Hudson Valley? How did you even pick up here? I guess the Hudson Valley for me was a weekend destination when my husband and I were living in Brooklyn in our 20s. And we would come up to different towns to go hiking or apple picking and just kind of enjoy getting out of the city for a day. And then in 2015, we actually got married on a horse farm in Hudson. So that sort of solidified our connection to this area. And and what made you make the move? Well, it's a bit convoluted because we were living in Brooklyn and then we moved to Philadelphia in 2018. We had our first child and we were in a small apartment with a, a toddler and two cats and decided it was time to leave New York City. And we had some friends at the time who had moved to Philadelphia and were really loving it. So we moved there and it was great. You know, we bought our first home and we were raising our our kid with with our friends. And then the pandemic happened and we had a second child right before the pandemic started. And then it made us kind of reevaluate where we wanted to live and raise our family. And the Hudson Valley got us closer to family that we have in Boston and Connecticut And we were just kind of missing the connection to nature up here as well, a sense of place with where your food comes from and and farms. And yeah, so we made the decision and we spent time kind of visiting different towns and figuring out the best location. And we decided on Red Hook and then we moved here last June. And what about the cheese business? I mean, how did you get into cheese? Sorry. We're all into cheese. So how did you get into cheese? (laughs) Everybody's into cheese. Cheese started as a hobby for me. It was something I just liked visiting cheese shops. And when I traveled, I would like to go into specialty stores and learn about cheeses and products from wherever I was. And I love taking cheese and wine tasting classes and cooking classes in the city. It was just something I did outside of like my career. After college, I worked in the finance industry for about a decade while living in the city and food and cheese was just something that I like to do for fun. And throughout high school and college, I had always worked in restaurants and catering companies and bakeries. And I really enjoyed connecting with people through food, but I didn't know how to make it a career. So it was after we got married, my husband and I, I had my quarter life crisis and decided to (laughs) figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life and decided I wanted to pursue a career in cheese. So I quit my day job, my corporate job, and I started taking classes at the Institute of Culinary Education in the city as like a culinary management, like a business program. So I was doing that 
nights and weekends. And then I started working at Murray's Cheese, which is a venerable, longstanding yes. cheese institution in New York City. And I started there as an intern in their cheese caves, which are these awesome man-made cheese caves in their Long Island City warehouse. I learned about affinage, which is the art of caring and aging for cheese. It's sort of like cheese daycare where you take care of these cheeses <laughs> and you have to like pat them. And, <laughs> yeah. You have to brush them and pat them and flip them and temperature and humidity, everything is controlled. And then when they're ready to be sort of released into the world and sold at the counter, the offenor would decide when that happened. So it was such a great entree to cheese because it was seeing it from inception to when it was ready to be sold. I never um, heard that term before, offenor. Yeah, it's a French term. An offenor is different from a cheesemaker. So the cheesemaker is the person that produces the cheese, but the offenor is the person that, if it's an aged cheese, takes it, ages it, cares for it. And, you know, most offenors have the sense and the palate where, you know, they will taste a cheese and they'll know when it's ready based on the profile of the cheese that they're, what they're selling. It's a very interesting relationship of the cheesemaker and the offenor sort of working together to create that finished product. Is there anything about cheese that you were surprised to, to learn? Like I'm always mesmerized by the varieties or the different nutrition in different ones. One thing that I still find fascinating is that all cheeses are just made of four ingredients. So you have milk, salt, rennet and cultures. So obviously you have a variety of milk types, salt is salt, and then, you know, rennet and cultures can be different, but every cheese starts with those four ingredients and there are thousands upon thousands of different varieties of cheese. So I thought that was really interesting. And then also I didn't really know too much about cheese production and, and that whole relationship between cheese making and affinage and just kind of understanding all that goes into it. It starts with healthy cared for animals and really good quality milk. And then sort of all through the line, everything has to be healthy and sanitary and all of those kind of care practices. So take us from being an intern in the cave, brushing the cheeses, singing to the cheeses, all the way up to opening your own business, the corner counter. Like what was that arc like? So after I interned in the cheese caves at Murray's, I transitioned to a role as a cheesemonger behind the counter at Murray's flagship Greenwich Village store on Bleecker Street, which is an amazing location, hundreds of cheeses and different products. It was a really great education and learning experience. I worked alongside mongers who have been doing that for decades. Cheese is very much learning hands-on and touching the product, tasting it learning the stories about the cheesemakers and the origin of cheese, which I love and being able to share that with customers is really interesting. And then I transitioned into roles at Murray's. I was a buyer for a while, and then I was doing product development management. I left Murray's during the pandemic. And then I spent about two years just kind of working on a business plan. I realized what I really wanted to do was open my own cheese shop. So I used all the knowledge from Murray's and I used all the knowledge from taking business courses and I spent about two years doing market research and competitive analysis and coming up to the Hudson Valley a lot and figuring out, you know, evaluating all the different sort of towns and figuring out where would be 
the right fit for my concept as well as a place where we wanted to raise our family. And that's when I was really lucky to discover Red Hook and I saw the space on the corner, which is now the corner counter. And it was such a beautiful space, a wonderful location. It was much bigger than I had originally <laughs> intended for my small cheese neighborhood <laughs> cheese shop, which sort of made me kind of pivot my concept a little bit. The landlord, Todd Baywright, was very supportive and helpful throughout the process. And it sort of felt like an opportunity that I couldn't pass on, that I would really regret it for the rest of my life if I drove by that corner every day and it was not my <laughs> my shop. You just opened and people are obviously rushing in. So for those people that have not been in the store yet, maybe describe what what is it like? Like, how does the concept work? The corner counter is your neighborhood cheese shop, a place for you to come for cheese, provisions, and good eats. It's a cut to order cheese and charcuterie program. And then we also have a retail market with lots of products that pair well with cheese, such as breads and crackers and jams, olives. We have a sandwich and salad menu. So you can come in and, and grab something for lunch. We have a different kind of rotating prepared foods, beverages. And then we also have a wine bar. So we Ooh. have our liquor license, we serve beer, wine, and cider on site, and then we sell beer and cider to go in our retail market. And at the wine bar, you can order a cheese plate. We have different small plates, appetizer foods, and yeah, it's really a place where you can come and spend the day, gather with family and friends, meet your neighbors, have a meal, bring your laptop and and work and have a cup of coffee and a croissant. I see the corner counter as being a community gathering space. We've got a lot of seats and we plan to host education classes in the future and partnering with the local breweries and cideries to do like cheese and wine and cheese and beer and cider classes. I've also been speaking with some other local businesses about doing collaborative events, like a paint and sip type of event or a flower arranging class and really supporting the other small businesses in our community. The Chamber of Commerce has been really good about creating opportunities for businesses to connect with each other and create that sense of community here in Red Hook, which is so strong. Okay, I have a lot of questions about buying cheese. I don't find it as intimidating as buying wine or choosing a whiskey or anything like that, but I, do, I am overwhelmed. Um, I also have food allergies, but I wondered about like how you think about how people should buy cheese. Brian always tells me for a party, like go out and buy like a hard cheese, a soft cheese, and then something in, in between. What should we know about when we approach the counter? How prepared should we be or what words might we use? I would say don't be intimidated at all, especially we are really trying to create a fun learning experience. So come to the counter with any knowledge you have, but don't be afraid if you don't know anything about cheese, because that's what your, your cheesemonger is there for, to help guide you and ask you questions in terms of what kind of cheese do you like? You know, So if you really like cheddar cheese, they might ask well, do you like cheddars that are more on the sweet sort of caramely side, or do you like cheddars that are more on the earthy grassy side? And that can kind of start a conversation and they'll be able to suggest other cheeses that are similar to what you like to kind of push the envelope and like expand your, expand your palate. Your monger will ask you like, well, what are you buying cheese for? Are you buying cheese to just snack on? Are you having a dinner party? And 
in that case, yeah, you would talk about, let's pick a variety of cheeses in terms of texture. So soft, hard, semi-firm cheeses. You could look at milk types. So making sure you have some cow's milk and sheep's milk and goat's milk cheeses. You can think about origin. Do you want all American cheeses? Do you want to have a dinner party where you're serving all French cheeses and French wines? And I would say with cheese, it's good to buy often and in like small quantities. So don't stock up for the <laughs> for the season, never freeze your cheese, but kind of like that European style of grocery shopping where you stop by a couple of times a week on your way home to pick up a baguette and some cheese and maybe some things to make for dinner. Talk about geography too. Are certain regions known for certain things? And of course the Hudson Valley, is there anything special about cheeses from here? I think ideally we, we want to buy local, but I don't know what Hudson Valley brings to the, the cheese party. The Hudson Valley is an amazing place for cheese and food products of all kinds. I would say a few local cheesemakers that I'm really excited to be carrying and, and working with would be Chase Home Farm in Pine Plains and then Churchtown Dairy up in Hudson. They are both small batch artisanal cheesemakers following sustainable agriculture practices. They're both farmstead production. So farmstead means that the animals that are being milked reside in the same place where the cheese is being made. So the oh. animals are being milked on the farm. That milk is going right into the cheese vat for production versus a farm that makes cheese and buys their milk from maybe another local farm. So Farmstead is really unique in that because it's all taking place on the same spot of land. So you have the terroir of what the animals are grazing on is, is right there where the cheese is being made. There's also McGrath has some really excellent cheeses. They make cheese at the Churchtown Dairy Facility. And then Nettle Meadow is up in the Adirondacks and they make really lovely small format goat and sheep and cow's milk cheeses that are really interesting and unique. What about nutrition? Brian's always on me to like eat, eat better and stuff. Is it like goat cheese or, or sheep cheese? Like is anything better than, than or worse than others? No, there's been a lot of studies to to show that cheese is actually really good for you. It has a lot of good nutrients and proteins and fats and ch cheese eaten in you know small doses. Yeah, cheese has a lot of great properties. And then in terms of cow versus goat versus sheep, some people do better tolerating goat or sheep's milk cheeses just in terms of like their digestion. And then even some people that maybe have like lactose issues, like typically harder aged cheeses should be fine for them versus like a fresh chef yeah, or a fresh I find mozzarella. That harder cheeses are easier to digest. Yeah. Than, than yeah. Cause there's less lactose in them there because they've been aged that, you know, the lactose is dissipated and it's, it's easier. Yeah. Okay. So let's like a sample starter plate. I'm going to some friend's house and they said, okay, bring, bring cheese and crackers. I'll bring gluten-free crackers. Cause so I can eat them. And I got to pick up what, like three cheeses or like, what do you think I should put on my plate? How many people? Six. Is it going to be for the main meal or is it like a appetizer or dessert sort of course? Oh, good question. Um, appetizer, like putting out in yeah. front before the meal. I would say you're probably good with like three cheeses. I would do one, like a soft 
soft ripened cheese, like a blue meringue cheese that has that nice sort of like a brie style or camembert style cheese. I would do an aged, a harder aged cheese, maybe a cheddar, Parmigiano Reggiano, a, a Gouda, something in that vein. And then depending on your audience, if you want to go, you could go like the blue route and, and have a nice blue cheese or even like a washed rind. Um, if you have like an adventurous audience, you could do like a washed rind cheese, which tends to have a lot of flavor and can be a little bit funky and interesting. Burning question while you're here. Can I eat the rind? I would say all rinds are edible, not all rinds are palatable. So for (laughs) (laughs) with the exception of a plastic or like a waxed rind or like a cloth, like a cloth bound cheddar or a waxed rind on like a Gouda. Don't eat those. It's really a matter of a preference on a cheese, like a camembert or a brie style cheese, where you have that sort of fluffy white bloomy rind. I mean, the rind is an essential part of the cheese. It's offering that flavor and the texture. So it's, it is meant to be eaten with the cheese, but again, it's a matter of preference. And then for, for harder aged cheeses or natural rind cheeses, I always like to serve them with a bit of the rind on the end. So a person can kind of like pick up the cheese piece by the rind. And I always say like, give it a little nibble just to, to taste it. The flavor is going to be more intense closer to the rind. And then if you don't like it, then you don't have to eat it. (laughs) Do you have a favorite cheese? Like what's your go-to? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. I would say like my desert Island cheese, if I could only have (laughs) one one cheese (laughs) would be a Comte or a Gruyere, really intense Alpine there. Those are Alpine cheeses. So they're made in the Swiss, Italian or French Alps and they're like grassy and buttery and they give you that nice little zing on the back of your palate and like you could just kind of snack on them (laughs) forever and then this time of year in the spring this is the time for your sheep's milk cheeses and your goat's milk cheeses I love a good like fresh chev cheese that you could spread on some good bread and put some honey and crack some salt and some herbs on it that's really delicious that's so nice. I'm coming into the store right now. <laughs> and, you know, cheese is great because it's a lot of it is seasonality. So in the winter, you have delicious, rich, fatty, what we call spoon cheeses. So basically, they're sort of small format round cheeses where you can cut the top rind off and then it's very spoonable and gooey and you can dip vegetables in it or bread. And I never thought about seasonality with cheese. Seasonality is a big part of cheese because when you think about it, cheese is made for milk and the milk is impacted by what the animal is eating. So in the summer and spring months, animals are grazing on fresh pasture and grass and all the beautiful wildflowers and whatever's growing in that location. And then typically in the winter, most animals are getting some sort of silage or hay or you know winter feed. So the fat composition of the milk is going to change from winter to summer. So you could have one cheese that's made all year round and it's going to taste different depending on the season, which is so cool when you think about it. And, and cheese is a living thing. So when you buy a piece of cheese and you bring it home, like it's going to age, the flavors are going to change. It's going to be become more complex. It's, it's never a static thing, which is really interesting from a, from both a food perspective and also just like the science behind that. And what about storing cheese? What do you recommend people do? Don't freeze Don't freeze your cheese. You can store it in plastic wrap. I would just say every time you open it, 
to take a piece of cheese out using a fresh piece of plastic wrap. Storing cheese in the vegetable drawer of your fridge is good because it's the humidity is a bit higher, which helps. They do sell special cheese paper bags that you could buy to put your cheese in. And then the cheese that you buy from the corner counter will, is wrapped in special cheese paper that allows the cheese to breathe. You can obviously use that and then you can substitute with plastic wrap once you're home. Hey, is it me or cheese seems a little bit expensive sometimes, or maybe it's just certain kinds of cheese. How do you look at that, especially since you've seen the buying and the selling side? That's a that's a great question. Having now been in the cheese industry, I can understand all of the costs that go into making a really good quality cheese. You know, it starts with that healthy, cared for animals and good quality milk and all those kind of sustainable practices along the way. And there are a lot of hands involved in making cheese from the, the farmer and the cheesemaker. If it's an imported cheese, you're dealing with bringing that cheese across the country, whether it's by boat or by air. So yeah, I've learned to appreciate that good quality cheeses, there's a reason they're expensive because the cost of creating and producing that cheese is expensive. And we're conscious of that. We are trying to have a balance of price points. Obviously, some more commodity cheeses are going to be at a lower price point versus a cheese that's coming from a small producer that only makes a certain number of wheels a year and is doing everything by hand is going to be more expensive. And I would say if you're on a budget or if you're conscious of that when you're purchasing these, you could always ask to taste the cheese. That's really important. You don't buy cheese without tasting it. So you ask your monger for a sample, taste it. And then you really only need a small quantity of a good quality cheese. Like you don't need a whole pound of a really good cheese. You could get a quarter pound and taste it and enjoy it. And then if you like it, come back and get more. Hey, Lauren, my last question is about the Hudson Valley itself. Now that you've been here for a few years, my brother-in-law, Adam, likes me to ask every guest what their favorite place in the Hudson Valley is. What's your go-to? I would say my go-to is Montgomery Place, the historic house that's part of Bard. So it's really close to where we live and my kids love it. They have a couple of frog ponds there and beautiful gardens. And it's really good for little kids because it's it's pretty flat, but you can kind of go off and explore into the woods a bit. And the views across the Hudson River to the Catskills are amazing. And we love to stop at the Montgomery Place Orchards farm stand. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a great up. farm stand. We pick up apple cider and cider donuts, and then we go to Montgomery Place and just explore. And now we've seen it for every season, and it's been great to just experience it at every part of the year. And it's it's a really beautiful spot. Thanks for tuning into City It. Hope you enjoyed learning about cheese and getting to know Lauren from the corner counter in Red Hook, New York, right on Route 9 Broadway and Route 199 at the traffic light. In the City It song, when they sing about the one traffic light, well, that's it. Thank you, Lauren, for sharing and giving City It listeners 10% off a cheese or charcuterie purchase at the corner counter. Just use the secret code at checkout, GOATS. That's right. Say the word GOATS for 10% off a cheese or charcuterie purchase. It's for a limited time, and some exclusions may apply. I'm Matt Zucker, on my way to pick up a cheese and meat plate to bring, well, to anyone's house. Spring is awesome here in the Hudson Valley. Come visit. the valley moved up from the city.
city, it's a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it. One park was half an ounce of an idiot, ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city, yeah. But I'm trying to keep fitting in It takes too long to be a local So for now I'm a city I'm a city I'm a city I'm a city